Good evening, everybody. We're glad to see you all here and glad to see you all online. Tonight, we are looking at Revelation 5. Uh, we're looking at the scroll and the lamb. As we look at this, I was not here last week as I had gotten a, just an update real quick. Got a shoulder shot and a procedure and everything looks good and great things. Praise God, I do not have to have surgery. Yeah, but... The little bee sting that she said it was going to be to put this stuff in my shoulder, she opened up a shot that was like three inches long, and I'm thinking I've never seen a bee with a stinger that big. So anyways, I'm here. Thank God is good, and I'm glad to be with you all. Tonight's kind of exciting because we get to look into um, the throne room. But not only now, last week we looked into the throne room and saw him who sits on the throne. And every time during our study in the book of Revelation, whenever you see that to him, you know, him who we saw him who sits on the throne, that's God himself. That's God the Father sitting there, all power, all authority, he's there. Now, anytime that we see a reference to the Lamb or the Son of Man, that is talking about Jesus. And today, we're going to get tonight we get to look at what happens when the lamb is handed the scroll and what happens to that scroll. So let's open with a word of prayer and then we're going to go ahead and, and get going. Father God, I do thank you and praise you. I am amazed at the word that you have given us. I am amazed at how you love your people. You love your creation so much that you will go to all lengths to bring us back to you. Father, for the, all those who are watching, all those that are here, for the, all of the prayer requests in their hearts and minds, may you hold on to them and grab them. Hold them close to your heart, God. Let them know that you are always in control. May they know to always have peace and be still in knowing that God the Father is holding on to them. Father, we just ask tonight that you open our hearts and minds that we would hear everything you want us to hear in this wonderful chapter of this amazing book. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to talk this. Now, um, if you're here tonight, and I don't know if online, I'm hoping that they were able to get them out, uh, the online ones. But you will have two things. You'll have one that looks like this. It's back there on the table if you didn't get it coming in. It's an outline that I drew for this because of a, a group that I lead on Monday nights. But then there's also, you have the sermon notes from Sunday. And if you don't have either one, they're back there on the table if you are here. Now, just a quick note, um, some housekeeping stuff. This is the last week that I will go a short time and break you up into small groups. Starting next week, it's going to get a little crazier because we start in what we call, uh, this section of it is called the Apocalypse of the apocalypse because in chapter 6 through 18 he's going to do a lot of apocalyptic writing and you're going to see a whole lot of of different um, animals cult uh, colors phrases things like that can be confusing so we're going to go a little bit by little bit trying to get through these next 13 chapters of this book now also on this coming sunday here at church <laughs> I have been asked to give an overview, a very hopefully quick overview, of chapters 6 through 13 in one Sunday. 
So you don't have to bring a pillow, Rachel. It's going to be okay. We'll get through the, the 13 chapters. I am going to bring up a little bit about chapter 12 because that's the chapter of the great battle. And I, that chapter just amazes me every time I read it. So this Sunday, we'll be going with an overview of all those chapters. And then starting next week on Wednesday night, here we will be doing full Bible study for at least an hour, hopefully not more, but who knows, depending on how many questions Kilby and Randy ask. So then other than that, we'll be okay. So we will have a microphone up here. So if you do have questions uh, starting next week, guys, I would really encourage you to just come up and, and it'll be almost facing sideways so you won't be looking into a camera or anything. But I would like you to ask the questions and so that everybody online can hear the questions as well. There, housekeeping done. Let's get into chapter 5 of Revelation. I want to read it. It's only 14 verses long, so let me read it because I love reading about the, the lamb that's, that comes to the right hand of God himself. Then I saw at the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a vowed a loud voice who is worthy who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open that scroll to look into it and I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open that scroll or to look into it and one of the elders sitting around the throne looked at me and he said weep no more behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so he can open the scroll and its seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of incense, incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power <laughs> and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. What an amazing picture of, of the Lamb. Now, there's a couple of things I'm going to bring out before we break up real quick. 
I'm, I'm trying to watch my time. I'm doing pretty good. So I, I just want you to notice a couple of things. In verse, let's look at some of these verses together. He says, uh, weep, no more, weep no more. Behold, the, the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David, David has conquered. So he can open the scroll and the seven seals. That is in several other books in the Old Testament, that prophecy. Because we do know that in, in Daniel, the book of Daniel, it, when Daniel sees almost the same visions as John does, God tells him, seal that scroll up until it is time. And then we read in this book those exact same descriptions and we know, well, guess what? Now it is time. And God is getting ready to do something. Verse 6 is the one that I, Eric, Pastor Eric and I were talking about today. Between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Let's think about this for just a second. Have you ever seen an animal who was slain standing? How did that happen? Because if this animal looks like it had been slain, that means its throat was probably cut, been blood everywhere and cuts and bruises. But it was standing. And he went and took the scroll. Does that give us an amazing picture of what Jesus went through? Because we all know that that's a picture of the risen Savior, the risen Christ. We know that it's because he went to the cross for our sins to, to just be that payment for our sins. He was that innocent little lamb. And yet, even as tortured, cut, and, and sliced, and everything bleeding, that lamb is standing. That lamb knows and hears and sees and everything. And the reason we know that is because the lamb with seven horns and seven eyes, seven horns, seven. Remember what seven means, right? Completeness, that's correct. And then the horns, power. Horns are all about the power. Seven eyes, all seeing, all knowledge, right? Now here's the amazing part about this, this little slain lamb all of a sudden steps up after being slain and has complete power complete vision complete knowledge when are we going to learn that is not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord we keep trying to say that makes me so angry i just want to go out and you know do something about it well, if you really want to do something about it, the strongest position you can take in a fight is where? On your knees. You want to really fight a battle? I love the song, This Is How I Fight My Battles, because the whole verse talks about the fact that you're down on your knees, letting the Spirit of God work through you, and the Spirit of God is the one that's going forth in battle. Because when we do get to chapter 12, you're going to learn about a great amazing heavenly force that defeated defeated the forces of evil and they didn't even have a chance it wasn't even close it, it was one of those fights where you know you're just thinking to myself i think knucklehead brought a cardboard box to a gunfight and it didn't do him any good because we get to the point of trusting so much in what we can see amen how many of us just think about, but I can see all this stuff going on in the earth today, especially all day long. Oh, 
Man, the TV guy, I lost the TV remote and it got stuck on the news channel. That was the most depressing 15 minutes of my just watching everything. I'm thinking, okay, if I don't have anything else, I'll pull the plug out of the wall to make this thing stop showing this. Because we couldn't believe how messed up it is with the international events going on right now. But when we look about this lamb that was slain who is now standing... And then he says, with seven or seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out all over the earth. So, so when we read through the first seven letters in this book between chapters two and three, remember what the first line of every phrase was. To the angel at the church in Ephesus. To the angel at the church in Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira. Ephesus. So... God already knew that his angels were going to be the ones that need to be doing this. He knew those spirits were that. Now, when we talk about the four living creatures, a lot of pastors, a lot of well-meaning, well-knowing people call those angels. But I have to tell you that they're really separated from angels. The four living creatures are not the same as where the Bible mentions angels. And, it, and the only reason we know this is because the definitions of the changes in the wording of the original language that he's using. In this language, you have to realize these living creatures are exactly that. They are living creatures beyond all measure. So these living creatures now, at, they're at each side. And if you remember in the, um, I think it was chapter four, three, or four, where it says in four, maybe, or no, I'm sorry, it's going to be in six. I get my chapter, I've been doing this for so much, it's my, the chapters are going around in here 100 miles an hour. So in chapter six, I think he talks about the fact that those four living creatures, one at each side of the throne, front, back, left, and right, surrounding the throne. They have a special place in that. Now, if you look back in Ezekiel, the first chapter, you'll see a mention of a group of beings called the cherubim. These are the cherubim. That's who these are. And it's the cherubim who are the ones who have the power to speak in, in chapter 6 next week. We're going to get to see what they really get to do when they call out the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So when we're going to really get to see the power in some of these beings that are standing around the throne. Just like right now when you've got an, a, a lamb who was slain standing there. There is no power. Now that lamb who was slain reaches over and takes the, the scroll. Because he is the only one worthy to open its seals. Two quick things. I still got some time. Two quick things. Here's, here's an amazing part. When he says, who is worthy to do this? And they, he weeps no more. So John himself is weeping because he cannot believe nobody is worthy to open these scrolls. And yet one of the elders in this vision says, hey, weep no more. Stop crying. The where is one worthy to do this? And he is the one, the tribe of Judah, the lion. He is the one who is going to take all power and, and be the savior for all of the earth. So 
here's the amazing part. See, my brain thinks a little bit differently than everybody else's. I know that shocks you all, but here's the thing. When you hear, as John is weeping, an elder is talking to him in this vision. John is having interaction with the Spirit in this vision. He's standing at the throne room. He's looking at that. They call out, who's worthy to this? Nobody answers. And all of a sudden, John begins to weep. And they say, hey, John, don't worry, brother. It's okay. Calm yourself. We got this. Jesus is here. The lamb who was slain, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's gonna he has conquered all. He can take this. The amazing part of that little discourse for me is the fact that those powerful beings with all this power take the time to calm us in our sorrow. That means that there is no sickness, no sadness, no depression, anxiety, or anything that you don't go through that somebody, that one of God's holy beings is not weeping with you, reaching down, coming to you, and then saying, weep no more. Jesus has got this. The lamb who was slain. Like John the Baptist said, the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Not only does he take away your sins, but by this account right here, just starting here, it's gonna, you're going to see this through the next 12, 14 weeks, that he is there to take away those fears, those sins, those sadness, and nothing could beat him. Now, the last point I want to make, and you can look through this, and I, and I made this outline so that you guys can look at it and discuss it during your time together. Um, on the back side of it, uh, you were slain, you ransomed people for God out of verse 10. You made them a kingdom priest and they shall reign on the earth. And then verse 11, then I looked and heard around the throne, the living creatures, elders, myriads of thousands of angels with a loud voice saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. At no point is there a doubt of the power of Jesus Christ. At no point in heaven is there ever a, well, maybe Jesus can do this, maybe he can't. That, that is not a question. The question is, get ready, wait, watch and see. Every time that John says, and behold, you want to say, look, that means get ready. He's going to tell you exactly what he's seeing. And then when he says, I heard, He's not giving you an interpretation of it. He is actually telling you exactly what he saw and what he heard. Because if you remember back in chapter 1, it is God himself and the mighty angels who told him at that point in time, we want you to write whatever you hear, see and you hear. So please do not let anyone tell you, well, that's just, you know, what John thinks he saw in the spirit. Not in this chance. Not in this. For us, that may be true. For us, there's times when we pray. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm praying, I ask myself, okay, is this really what I want to happen? Or is this God's will? You know, I'll, I, I do that to myself. I'll say, wait a minute, this is pretty amazing. Was this my will or is this God's will? At this, in this instance, in this book, all John is recording 
is everything that he saw, behold, and he heard. That is what he's recording. Many very well-loving, well-intentioned scholars who've studied and, and deciphered and broken down this have given numerous interpretations of it. Over the next 13 weeks, when I'm sharing chapter 6 through 18, hopefully we can get through a whole chapter in a, in a week. As we're sharing this, I hope that you understand that my point of view is basically to say, with my research, this is how far I've gotten, this is where I'm coming from, and this is what I see. You're going to hear lots of different opinions, different interpretations, and different things. If you want to know how I arrived at these things, please always feel free to send me an email and ask me. Bill, how did you get that? I will share that. Of course, if you call me, please be ready to sit and talk a while because I do love to talk about this letter. Sometimes my poor pastor comes in my office when he has things to do, and he'll ask me a question about this book, and I get him to sit down and say, get comfortable, brother, we don't chat. Because this book to me is so exciting. It is so full of promise. It is so full of grace. It is so full of what God did to hold us next to his heart forever and ever. We can never, ever take away the splendor, the majesty, and the amazing grace that's in this book. You can study, you can get the Greek, you can take the languages, you can take all of the books that are available. We have more books available for interpretation than anybody ever has in the history of the world. And at that point in time, they always took whatever they had to make the best account of this book. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I hope you understand and know that I am going to basically share as much time as I can in the way that I've studied, the way that I've read it, and I will always, always believe and know that what I am sharing is staying true to this message. Because if there's any statement that I believe more than any, and I'm going to close with this, is this. The Bible cannot mean what it was never meant to mean. We can't attach it to a 21st century timeline, culture, everything else. We have to understand where it came from, then look at the message the author was giving to those people, and then hopefully it will apply to us. And it's amazing right now <laughs> how much is applying to us because of everything going on around us. And it has been especially since the birth of Jesus. This Sunday, I'm going to give you and share with you the beginning of the end times. You're going to know right when it is or was. But the end times are going to become very clear to us as we start to look throughout history and see what is happening in the world around us. So I hope that that gives you enough to sit and talk about in your life groups. If you're online and you have questions, Please send them to pastor at lighthouse at community, uh, lighthousecommunity.com, and we would be able to, we would love to answer questions. Again, next Wednesday night, starting at 7 o'clock, we're going to do a full Bible study time in here. We won't be breaking up into life groups next week.
And for the next 13 weeks, we will stay in here together. And for those of you that have that want to break off and still do your life group time, please feel free to do that. You can always go back and watch this study time at any moment. So if you want to break off and still have your life group times, please, I would encourage you. That's the best part, like our pastor says. That is the best part of what we do. And you will be able to have that time and still go back and, and look at the study time and be able to ask the questions. Anytime during the week that you want to call, you can either contact me through the email or even call the church here. And many of you know, many of you can find me. You've never had a problem finding me. And I know that because I still have a lot of you in my phone as well. May God bless you this evening. Let's pray together and then we're going to break off into our life groups. After I pray, we're going to shut off the stream. God bless you all for watching. We're glad you were here. We hope to see you on Sunday. It would be wonderful to see you in here. But again, we stream on Sundays as well. Please feel free to watch us then. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for the amazing gift of that lamb who was slain, who was found standing even after being slain. Because nothing, nothing is more powerful than who Jesus is. So, God, I ask now for each one of these that are going to be in their groups. I ask for each one who's online and watching, if there are concerns, medical, emotional, whatever, let them bring them to the foot of the cross. Let them bring them to that lamb who was slain. We thank you, God, that he is always, always open to hearing us, that you hold us close to your heart, and that we have greatness in you because of who you are, not because of who we are. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. God bless you all. Online, you have a great evening.